The Blur Havoc podcast may contain content some may find offensive, vulgar, or inappropriate for work or school. All views expressed on this show solely belong to the individual that expressed them. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Blur Havoc podcast. I'm your host, Alistair Haken, and I am currently holding a Buzzball uh, chiller, a horchata flavored one. Um, in case you didn't know, I'm allergic to tree nuts, so uh, it doesn't say there's tree nuts on here, but um, if there are, this is going to be a very short podcast episode, but I got it because we're going to have a little bit of fun here. Go ahead and get this. Go ahead and get this out of the way. Make sure I'm not gonna die. Oh, wow! There. Oh, wow! Who should have prepared me for that one? That one's strong, real strong. Whew. Okay. So, this is like the second part of a two-part episode, kinda. I guess you could call it that. I just put my gunars on so I can not be blinded by the sun and the the screen at the same time. Last where you left off, I said we were going to do a hypothetical Black Panther 2 where Killmonger is the is the hero, right? After I absolutely reamed that dude. Talking about, ha <laughs> ha, wow, whoa. No pause on that one. Um, let's, let's be real, Michael B. Jordan's not, a sh- not, you know, you know, he's a sharp looking fellow. He's not bad looking, you know? Let's. Gotta call a spade a spade, you feel me? Oh god, that's strong. So, we're... (coughs) Wow, that is strong. Okay. Get your shit together. (laughs) So, what what we got here? Man, I I really screwed around. For the first two minutes of this, I'm screwing around. Okay. So, what I have here on screen is what I call my Bible, okay? This is my Bible when it comes to writing. I unplugged my phone because I didn't want to. I didn't want my phone to vibrate on the desk. This is my Bible. It's the Blake Snyder beat sheet, or the BS2 for short. Um, and when I um when I write all of my books, if you if you really break them down, all of my books, uh, except for the novellas, no, the novellas don't follow this formula, or this beat sheet, or structure rather. It's not necessarily a formula, but it's a structure. All of my mainline novellas. I mean, my, God. You haven't even had more than two sips and you're screwing up. My All of my na- mainline novels follow this structure. If you break it down. So we're not going to really, you know, go through the whole structure right now. Beat for beat, you know, explain for w- what each one does. We'll do it as we build the story for Bl- <laughs> Blur Havoc 2. We already built Blur Havoc 2, buddy. Black Panther 2. Uh, I made the same exact mistake last podcast. What's going on, man? Sheesh. All right. So, Black Panther 2, like we said, T'Challa is going to be dead, most likely, because, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman is dead. So, what we got here, our first beat is the opening image, and this website describes it as a visual that represents the struggle and tone of the story, a snapshot of the main character's problem before the adventures begin. Okay, so, 
we all know that this is probably going to be the most likely thing that's this is most likely going to be the opening image for Black Panther 2. Uh, the funeral for T'Challa, most likely. It's obvious. It's going to have to be a thing. Let's see. So that would be the opening image. And then Shuri and her mother are just like, we need a new Black Panther, right? Or rather, uh, they, they propose the idea of, hey, we need a, we might need a new Black Panther, but then maybe uh, Shuri's mother is like, no, it's too soon. You can't replace my baby boy, right? And I guess there's no tree nuts in this because I'm not dying, so. Oh, my God. So the setup is the next beat. Expand on the before snapshot. Present the character's world as it is and what is missing in their life. So as I said, we're missing the Black Panther, right? We need a new Black Panther. You know, everybody's mourning. Uh, maybe there's like a time, uh, a little bit of a time jump where everybody's trying to figure out how are we going to, you know, move on without the Black Panther. We, like the the purple flower, the purple, the purple people beater, <laughs> the purple flower is gone. Killmonger burned it all. Yeah, we're following that. We're not going to renege on that one. We're going to, we're going to keep that in. So Killmonger burned all of the flowers, right? So how are we going to, you know, replace the Black Panther? How are we going to have a Black Panther when, you know, T'Challa died? So, we're going to skip the next beat because I don't write like this. But the next beat, in case you're wondering, is the theme stated. What your story is about, the message, the truth, blah, 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 all that subjective nonsense that isn't really relevant until after you've rounded out your story. That's how I write, is that I don't write with the theme in mind. I write to create the theme. You feel me? Where I will write the story as it is, and then whatever tends to crop up is what the theme is. So we'll, we'll come back to this possibly. Um, we'll see if we can create a theme during this beat sheet. But next we're going to skip to the catalyst. The moment where life as it is changes. It is the telegram. The act of catching your loved one cheating. God, that's got to suck. Allowing a monster on board the ship, meeting the true love of your life, etc. The before world is no more. Change is underway. So... Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick a random Black Panther villain, right? It can't be M'Baku. M'Baku. You can't pick him. Because he's already established as a hero. So we can't pick him. Um, oh, wow. There is a family tree for Black Panther on Wikipedia. Y'all are tripping. Um, <laughs> um, we already uh, we can't use Killmonger because he's going to be our hero. Let's see. Man-Ape is M'Baku. There's a character named... Okay, so this is confusing. There's a character named Venom with two M's. And he's a villain of Black Panther. Okay. Princess Zonda. Uh, Namor. Craven the Hunter. But he's more of like a... They're kind of using him for Spider-Man, so we can't use him. Uh, let's see, let's see. I'd say... We can't do White Wolf because that's Bucky in the Marvel Universe. I mean, the MCU. Uh... We're going to go, well, Claw is already dead, so we can't use him. Hmm. This is a tough one. Uh, I guess, um, Achebe. Achebe is this guy right here. Um, that, well, you can't see him. Um, he's a super, okay, so what does Wikipedia call him? Achebe is a fictional supervillain appearing in American comic book published by Marvel Comics, primarily a recurring enemy of the Black Panther. The character exists within Marvel's main shared universe known as the Marvel Universe, created by blah, blah, blah. Okay. So basically, they kind of made this character as like a discount Joker. 
is basically what I'm seeing here. Yeah, they, they describe him. Creator Christopher Priest has noted that the character was inspired by the Joker, Hannibal Lecter, and Hans Gruber. Christopher Priest has stated that he is the Joker to Black, Bat, uh, to Black Panther's Batman. Holy shit, get your stuff together. <laughs> I, know, I know that this can't be affecting me this bad, but then again, I am on keto, so. Yeah, we're just here for fun, man. We're just here for fun. Here for a good time, not a long time, baby. So, of course, the the MCU is, plays a little fast and loose with characterization. But uh, with that in mind, the Joker to Bat- Black Panther's Batman. Now, this is going to be interesting because, like I said in the last uh, podcast episode, Killmonger's kind of a piece of shit. Okay? So, making this character even more du- morally dubious than, than Killmonger would actually be very interesting. Right, so we have a Chebby, right? He's kind of like a serial killer kind of guy. He's uh, it says here his abilities are psychological. He's manipulative, rebel anarchist, brilliant schemer, top tier political strategist, and planner. A highly skilled acrobat with exceptional agility. Hmm. <laughs> Weaknesses include mental instability and obsessive detestation of Black Panther. So basically, he's he's basically capable of doing really stupid things because he hates the Black Panther so much. Okay. Um, so let's use that there. To end, we're going to go back. Okay. So, Catalyst would be uh, a Chebby would show up, right? And he'd be like... Because Shuri and while Shuri and uh, and Okoye and even Nakia, even though they, they completely forgot about her in Infinity War and Endgame, but Okoye, Shuri, and Nakia are capable of taking down. That car was loud. Um, they're capable of taking down a Chebby. A Chebby would like do something like uh, like he would take uh, the, the mother hostage. I cannot remember Angela Bassett's character name right now, but um, they would take her hostage, right? Achebe would take her hostage and be like, you step foot within my kingdom, I kill her, right? So basically, it's it's a case in which they can't just brute force their way into Wakanda in order to save uh, the queen, right? So what they would have to do is that Shuri would be like, so I have an idea. It's not going to be a, one that you like, but I have an idea. <laughs> and that leads to the debate. The debate says, but change is scary, and for a moment, or a brief number of moments, the main character, or in this case, main characters, doubts the journey they must take. Can I face this challenge? Do I have what it takes? Should I go at all? It is the last chance for the hero to chicken out. So, in, in essence, this movie would hypothetically also be a Shuri movie, not just Black Panther. Um, so, Shuri would get a lot of screen time. So, the debate being... Do we revive Killmonger to help us or not? Because while, I mean, of course, on top of this, we would also have to make it so that this is something that Killmonger being revived would have to, you know, like, matter. So, of course, Achebe would, he would have the queen hostage, and then the royal guards would, the royal, he would have, like, the royal guards, like, under his control or something like that through, like, I don't know, like, an alternate universe Mind Stone or something like that, since... That's kind of where the MCU is kind of going with the multiverse, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. But he'll like for this sake, we'll say he he's 
he's able to manipulate his enemies through hypno hypnosis, right? Since I said we're playing a little fast and loose, he's um, psychologically manipulative, so that would be his thing. Is that he's able to hypnotize people and use them as a uh, as their pu as his puppets, right? So that would be his thing. Um, he has all most, if not all, of the royal guards except for Okoye on his side through mind control. The debate being, do we revive Killmonger? Right? And then Nakia, of course, is like, no freaking way. Okoye is like, I don't know about this, bro. Shuri is like, what are those? No, I'm joking. That was a horrible moment of that movie. But Shuri would be like, look, it's the, really the only option we have. Maybe we can persuade him to help us if, like, they mention something, something. Like, uh... Yeah, this is the kind of stuff you kind of have to wrap your wrap your brain around, is that you kind of have to sit down and think, like, how would this logically work? How could we get Killmonger to help out? And what that... Okay, so here's what we could do, is that Shuri would be like, hey, Killmonger, so we kept you, like, alive through tubes and wires. You're kind of a dark secret, like a little, you know, skeleton in our closet. You really were supposed to die, but we kept you alive because, you know, reasons. Because um, they didn't want, you know, your fam like, it'll be your family. We didn't want you to die, no matter how screwed up you are in the head. And then Shuri would be like, but we need you, right? Because um, my mama has been kidnapped. Your aunt has been kidnapped. And uh, we have a whole army of royal guards that are hypnotized. We're working on getting the Jabari tribe to help out, but they're kind of indisposed due to the events of Endgame or Civil War. No, not Civil War. What was it? Infinity War. Man, all these movies with the word war in them. But And then Killmonger is like, what's in it for me? And then Shuri would be like, you'll have the throne. And then and then Nakia and uh, Okoye are like, what? You can't offer that. If anything, you're supposed to be on the throne. And then Shuri's like, well, I'm not old enough, so it has to be somebody else. Um, so then Killmonger would be like, I, right. you know, because Killmonger talks like that. He'd be like, I right, bet I'll take it. Um, but that'll bleed into his character development because he starts out, he will start out as somebody that is only interested in taking the throne, right? But we'll get into that. So we break into two um, where we have this new objective. It says, the main character t makes a choice and the journey begins. We leave the thesis world and enter the upside down opposite world of Act 2. So now, basically, what this doesn't tell you is that Act 2, the break into Act 2 is supposed to change the objective. The objective has been changed. You have an objective. This is what you need to do. Right? So the objective of Act 2 is to um, is to save save the mom. I don't remember the mom's name. Um, as a matter of fact, let's look at that since we have the family tree up here. Um, where's T'Challa at? M'Baku? N'Jobu? Um, where are you? <laughs> I'm looking and I, I'm having an issue here. God, what am I looking at? T'Chaka? Where's T'Challa at then? Okay, so there's T'Challa. Where his mama at? Oh, his mom's name is Ramonda. 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 Ramondi. Yeah, Ramonda. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but that's her name, Ramonda. I'm going to forget that in like 30 seconds. But um, So the objective of Act 2 is to save Ramonda. Um, and then, uh, so that's the break into Act 2 where the, the new objective is established. B-Story. 
This is when there's a discussion about the theme, the nugget of truth. Usually this discussion is between the main character and the love interest. So the B story is usually called the love story. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have a love story in this movie, so... Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but what I like to do is um, I like to think about the B story a little bit before I establish it. Because the B story, is, there's a little trick that I like to do that I learned from Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll come back to that in a second. But the B story requires a little bit of thought, so we'll come back to that. The promise of the premise. This is the fun part of the movie. This is the part that's usually in most of the trailers. Um, it says, promise of the premise or the fun and games section of the movie. This is when Craig Thompson's relationship with Raina blooms, when Indiana Jones tries to beat the Nazis to the Lost Ark, when the detective finds the most clues and dodges the most bullets. This is when the main character explores the new world and the audience is entertained by the premise they have been promised. So basically, this is the section, this is the section that basically says, this is the reason why you came here. It's all the shots from the trailer, it's all the... You know, it's the premise. It's the thing that sold you the movie. It's the thing that sold you the ticket. Right? So, really, this part doesn't really matter what you put in it. This is kind of like, as long as they're working towards the goal, you know, the promise of premise is all about, you know, delivering on the promise of the movie. So, like, this will be the part where Killmonger is, like, working with Shuri and everybody to, like, get the Border Tribe and the Jabari Tribe and... The tribe where the leader has the disc in his mouth. They're trying to get all the tribes together to work together to assault the throne room to save Ramonda. Right. So that would be the part where things are like up and down, kind of funny, not funny, you know, drama. This is where most of the comedy needs to be if you're going to put comedy in it. Um, if it's going to be a funnier movie, if it's going to be a movie that's serious, you don't want to put too much comedy in it. But if you want to put comedy in this movie and it's supposed to be serious, you really only want it in, like, the second act. You kind of want to avoid putting too much comedy in the third act. But that's just my personal opinion. Let's move on. Um, midpoint. Note, notice how I'm not doing beat for beat everything that's going to happen in this movie. Because in all actuality, that's more of the finer details. Like, that's when you're really, like, we're only in the pre-production era of this movie. We're not in the production area. No, we're not. We're like in the pre-production of the pre-production. Okay, we're not even close to like making an actual structured movie. So this is like just spitballing concepts. The promise of premise is the part where you know we're getting all the people together. This is basically like, this is basically the like in Mass Effect Three, the chunk where you're trying to get everybody to help you to assault Earth. This is that part. So now we're at the midpoint. Dependent upon the story, this moment is when everything is great or everything is awful. The main character either gets everything they think they want great or doesn't get what they think they want at all awful. But not everything we think we want is what we actually need in the end. So, here's the thing. Here's what we're going to do. Midpoint is actually going to be something that's going to shock people. Is that it'll be the part where Killmonger actually defeats Achebe initially. You think because like he's the Joker. This is what this is almost exactly what happened in the Dark Knight, uh, is when Killmonger defeats Echebe, and he gets he gets the throne right. He saves Ramonda, gets the throne. You know he's officially now the Black Panther. So he throws Achebe in the cell, or he throws Achebe in jail. So he's like, yeah, I'm the Black Panther now. And then everybody's kind of like, oh, you're still kind of a jerk though. Nobody likes you. But then he realizes, hey, well, 
you know, I'm, mind you, I'm kind of retconning his character a little bit, but he'll be like, hey, so this kind of sucks. I don't really like the idea of being the king of a bunch of people that don't like me. To the point where even Achebe kind of points out, hey, you're going to like, they're going to hate you, bro. What do you think is going to happen eventually when they're tired of you and they're going to overthrow you? So what we need now is uh, a moment where Killmonger gets to reflect. He's like, yeah, I have what I want, but, you know, they kind of still hate me. And then Achebe's like, hey, here's where we get the the, uh, the next part. Bad guys closing in. Doubt, jealousy, fear, foes. Both physical and emotional regroup to defeat the main character's goal. And the main character's great slash awful situation disintegrates. So what we would do is, like, we would in, we would use Killmonger's, one of Killmonger's uh, personality flaws, right? Is that he's cocky. He's opportunistic, and he has a tendency to use people. So what Killmonger would do is he like, hey, if I let Achebe go, and then like he'd do something like use Achebe to make himself look better, right? Like he'd release him, and then Achebe would like kill some people, and then Killmonger would catch him, and it would make him look better again, like make him look better or something like that. Not necessarily, you know, finalization. We're not finalizing it or anything, but something like that. Like, he would let Achebe go to do that, right? And he's like... Like, Achebe would be like, Hey, if you let me go, recapture me, and then just keep letting me go, then you, every time you save me, it'll make you look a little bit better. Right? So that would be, like, their little deal. You know? Like, after the first time, you know, everybody's fooled for a second. But then, like, Shiri reveals, You know what? No. This is sucky. I recorded your conversation with Achebe. Here's the truth. And then he show, she shows the truth to everybody, right? And then everybody's like, oh, you're a traitor. You're an awful person, right? And then Killmonger's like, well, shit, yeah, I am. Right? So they'd be like, you get out of here. The council banishes you or some shit like that, right? So Killmonger is banished from Wakanda. So now there is just no Black Panther. And this is where we're getting into the next part of the, the sequence. All is lost. The opposite moment of the midpoint, awful slash great. The moment that we that the main character realizes they've lost everything they gained. You see how that naturally worked out the way that I did that, even in the first draft. Um, they've lost everything they gained, or everything they now have has no meaning. I don't ever see stories like that where the character has everything they want at the all is lost moment, except for like some Disney movies I can think of, but not by name right now. It's a bit of a strain, so just. Hey, man, I've been drinking, okay? <laughs> but yeah, usually it is the character has lost everything at this point uh, kind of thing. Um, the initial goal now looks even more impossible than before. And here, something of or someone dies. It can be physical or emotional, but the death of something old makes way for something new to be born. So this will be the part where Killmonger, Killmonger essentially, quote-unquote, dies. Killmonger dies and, and is reborn as the Black Panther when he realizes that him being an opportunistic asshole is the reason why nobody likes him. He's a he's a jerk. He's evil. Yeah, he's played by a charismatic charismatic actor like Michael B. Jordan, but he's evil. He's an ho- he's a horrible person. Horchata. Mm. Ah, so this would get Achebe at this point would would like sneak out and find a way to like get like some doomsday like weapon that was established earlier i promise just i didn't mention it <laughs> some doomsday weapon that was established earlier or something like that 
like I said, we're in the first draft. We're working on it. Some doomsday weapon that was a cheat was was mentioned earlier. He finds it, and he's like, "Haha, you foolish uh, people, or whatever." Bad guy speech. I have control of the ultimate weapon, and I'm going to start. Um, I'm going to start bombing innocent children and stuff because that's a theme in Black Panther now, I guess. <laughs> and he's like, "T minus whatever the hell." Uh, you can't stop me. Ha ha ha. You're black. I've got I've gotten rid of your Black Panther. There's nothing you can do to stop me, right? So Shuri, Nakia, all, you know, all of them are like, "Well, we banished the only Black Panther, you know, we have." And then like they'll have like robot guards or something. I don't know. Um uh, making the making the obstacles that the uh, the character has to fight is more of a sec like more of a, a something you'll do later down the line. This is just concepts. Um but um, we'll, we'll, we'll work those out later. Dang, I just realized this episode is getting kind of long. But we have the Dark Knight of the Soul where uh, Killmonger would be like, dang, like I'm a horrible person. He'll be like in the snowy mountains where the Jabari tribe is. And the Dark Knight of the Soul is the moment where the main character hits bottom and wallows in hopelessness. The why hast thou forsaken me, Lord, moment. Mourning the loss of what has died, quote unquote. The dream, the goal, the mentor character, the love of your life, etc. But you must fall completely before you can pick yourself up, back up, and try again. Yeah, this horse shot is starting to smack me, man. Oh boy. It tastes good, just burns. <laughs> so, Killmonger would just be like, you know, I keep calling him Killmonger, but at this point, he's just Eric. This is where he transitions from Killmonger to Eric, and then after the Dark Knight of the Soul, he becomes the Black Panther, officially. Right? That kind of concept. Um, so Eric is sitting in the snow, right? And he's like, I'm a horrible person. I betrayed my people. You know, they're not really his people, but at the same time, they're his people because he's, you know, part Wakandan. I even betrayed, like, my family, my aunt, my my cousin, um, my late cousin's, like, girlfriend, I betrayed everybody, right? And then M'Baku, like, would slowly just approach and be like, what troubles you, you know, like, in his voice. And then he, like, something, like I said, this would be a part of the B story, so I don't really know for certain uh, what they'd be talking about right here, but this is where I'd start tying the B story into the main plot. That's what I like to do, but we'll, I'll cover that later. I'm, I'm jumping ahead of the gun. And then this would be the part where, like, uh, M'Baku would, like, give him, like, a motivational speech. And then probably bring up something about T'Challa and how T'Challa spared his life. And then, like, it would inspire him not to, to save his people not as, not as Killmonger. Not because he would gain something from it, but because he is the Black Panther and it is his duty to do so. Right? Even, even if it's a, even it would, even if it would be a thankless job, it would be something that he would do. Because it is the right thing to do. Because it is, like I said, it, it is his duty. So then we break into Act 3. Uh, which is another turning point. Thanks to a fresh idea, a new inspiration, or last minute thematic advice from the Beast or... See, see what I did there? <laughs> the main character chooses to try again. So this is where the objective changes. Now, the objective is relatively the same from Act 2. But the thing that changes is the the character's self-motivation why is the character doing it that's where this is going to be interesting where he's going to be like i'm originally he was like i'm only doing it so i can get the throne but now he's doing it because it's the right thing to do 
right? There will be character development moments throughout the, the movie that will flesh this out a bit. But that would be the essence of Act 3 is that he's not doing it because he could gay something from it. He's doing it because it's the right thing to do, right? So this is the finale. The finale is where, you know, you get the Act 3 stuff, the usual Act 3 stuff, like, you know, taking down hordes of enemies and, like, you know, the, a lot of badass moments happen in the, the finale, the climax. This time around, the main character incorporates the theme, the nugget of truth that now makes sense to them, into their fight for the goal because they have experience from the A story and context from the B story. Act 3 is about synthesis. See? There it is. That's what I was talking about. Is that I learned this from Guardians of the Galaxy, but this actually puts it into words. But in Guardians of the Galaxy, the B story is woven into the plot very well to the point where at the end of the movie, during the finale, the the A, B, and C stories all yeah, there's a C story in Guardians of the Galaxy. The A, B, and C stories all merge into one moment, and that moment is the part where Star Lord is reaching his hand like Gamora is reaching out to Star Lord and Star Lord sees his mother while he's while she's reaching out to him. And that's the synthesis of the A, B, and C story happening in that one moment, which is like why I think Guardians of the Galaxy is actually one of the best structured movies in the MCU. One of the best structured notice my choice of words. Not best written, just best structured. Let's calm down now. But, um, but, uh, yeah, the finale. So, uh, like I said, I haven't started, I haven't created a B story here. Um, so let's actually go back and make the B story. So the B story would be, um, well, actually, since the B story is part of the theme in this structure, uh, let's do the theme first. The theme would be, uh, altruism. Uh, doing things not because it is, uh, you know, it is beneficial to you, but doing things because it's the right thing to do. That would be the theme of this movie, right? Uh, so then we, and so the B story would be uh, how how he doesn't actually he actually feels kind of bad how his family hates him. Uh, after like he realizes, hey, they kind of revived me and they're giving me a second chance, and they don't. Really, they didn't really want to revive me, and that kind of makes him feel like you know, like garbage at that point. Where his family revived him not because they wanted to, but because they needed him for something, and it makes him feel kind of bad about it. And he makes him reevaluate his actions from the first movie and realize, dang, I, I kind of did some really shitty things in the first movie. Uh, where he like when the B story is introduced at the beginning of Act Two, it would be a moment where it's a quick reflection. Um. The midpoint is when he gets the thing that he wants, but he realizes everybody hates him. And he's like, well, why does everybody hate me? Dark Knight of the Soul would be the moment where the B story and all of that starts merging together. And this is the part where he realizes everybody hates me. How can I fix this? And then Jabari is like, uh, did you know of the story of how your cousin beat me in battle, but he decided to spare my life? Right. And then Jabari is the Jabari tribe guy. Mbaku. I called him Jabari, didn't I? Um, Mbaka would be like, he did not save me because it was, because it was beneficial. He saved me because it was the right thing to do. So then in the finale, that would come together where he would be the, given the choice of just straight up killing a Chebby. And then he would be like, I'm going to save you. I'm going to keep you alive because it's the right thing to do. And then like, you could even have a moment where like, you know, if you want to, I'm not a fan of this, but you know, Mar knowing Marvel, they would probably do this, but 
uh, Marvel would like have a moment where like like T'Challa, not T'Challa, what's his name? Eric would get stabbed, right? And like he would be dying, and then Shuri is like, "No, you've earned this," and then she revives him. So that'd be like a little moment right there. So yeah, that would be the B story, the theme, doing things altruistically, doing it because it's the right thing to do. Although that's subjective, but that's you know how I would write. That's how I write themes. I write the main story first, and then I go back and create the theme later when I realize what the theme is after writing it. So then we have the final image, opposite of the opening image, proving visually that a change has occurred within the character. We'd have like Killmonger in his Black Panther suit with his family and everybody smiling and embracing him. Wakanda now has a new Black Panther to uh, to to Eric <laughs> to Eric. <laughs> Eric is no longer a piece of shit, and uh, order has been restored to the hierarchy. The end. That's my version of Black Panther. It's really rough, and it would require a lot of redrafts. But that's how I would write Black Panther. To not only make... To uh, to Eric... Let's just call him to Eric, I guess. Uh, not only to make Killmonger a character that would actually be worthy of the Black Panther mantle, but also not make him such a horrid character in terms of his actions. And it would also, uh, also naturally transition him into a more natural character to be the Black Panther. Because just yanking him out from the grave and then, like, making him the Black Panther just by designation would suck. We would need to see this transition happen so that when he becomes the Black Panther, it makes sense, logically. That we've seen that he's learned from his mistakes and he's learned that, hey, the things I did in the first movie were shitty. And I need to, you know, I need to do things not not because it is easy or because it would benefit me, but because it's the right thing to do very childish you know theme i guess but then again this is the mcu pg-13 movies that are appropriate for children i guess oh somebody popping off i guess that's a motorcycle i don't know i hope nobody's popping off my you feel me but yeah that's how i build black panther too so let me know what you think you know did i do a good job do i do a bad job i don't know man i'm just i'm just some guy that watches movies and studies how films and stories are structured and i wrote a couple of books you know i'm just some random guy who's getting increasingly drunk because i'm on keto and i'm drinking alcohol and i'm getting in touch with my feelings right now i just i don't know what's happening man i'm just gonna keep drinking let me know what you think next episode i don't know what we're gonna talk about next episode so next episode is gonna be a kind of a surprise to me you and me so yeah i hope you enjoyed uh we don't have a catchphrase yet um i hope you dig it it's not gonna work but i'm choking on alcohol right now so i'll see you guys later help me Thank you for listening to the Blur Havoc podcast. Purchase the Blur Havoc book series on Amazon Kindle or paperback today.